Hello there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast, where we share practical therapy tips and ideas for busy speech-language pathologists. Grab your favorite beverage and sit back as we dive into this week's episode. Hello there, and welcome to the SLP Now podcast. I am incredibly excited to have another return guest on the podcast, Kayla Redden. Um, And just in case you missed episode 45, where we talked all about articulation um, and like quick articulation, alternative service delivery, um, a quick recap of who Kayla is. She is a school-based speech-language pathologist, and she currently works at a rural preschool and elementary setting. Uh, She is serving as the secretary of the Kentucky Speech and Language Hearing Association, and she has participated in Kisha's ICANN Advocacy Network. Uh, She also creates amazing materials for elementary age students on her Teachers Pay Teacher store, Kayla SLP, and she blogs about therapy tips at kaylaslp.com. And I wanted to bring Kayla back onto the podcast because this month is Better Speech and Hearing Month, or Better Hearing and Speech Month, and I thought it would be a perfect time to dive into um, just a quick brainstorming session on how we can step up as SLPs and advocate for ourselves, our students, and other SLPs. Um, So without further ado, hello, Kayla. Hello. Uh, So I thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat with me today. And I'm just really excited to dive into the different roles that you've stepped into Um, to advocate as an SLP. Um, So I, because you said that you're the secretary of the Kentucky Speech and Language Hearing Association, and I'm curious what led you to get involved there? So one of my former professors actually reached out to me whenever she was serving as president for Kisha, and um, she just told me that she knew that I was working towards bettering myself as a speech therapist and other areas just besides working in the schools. She had watched me blog and watched my work on Teachers Pay Teachers, and she asked if I would be interested in um, pursuing a, like a statewide role in speech therapy. And at first, I was not too sure because I've never stepped into such a leadership role before. But after I thought about it and thought about the issues that are important to me, that I wasn't sure if I had ability to change, I thought maybe now's my chance to step into this role and see if I can make a difference at a larger level. So after she reached out to me, I thought about it and decided to run. And this is currently my um, second term as secretary for the Kentucky Speech Hearing Association. That is amazing, congratulations. On getting reelected, <laughs> and uh, so what does what does your role look like as secretary? What are you doing? Like, how much time do you spend on it? And what are you uh, like? What are you? How are you showing up there? So I actually live the furthest away from anybody, I believe, um, from where we meet. But we do a lot of online meetings, thankfully. So I meet. About once a month, we have an online conference or like a Zoom meeting for everybody to get updated on information. And then uh, two to three times a year, we meet in person. Everybody goes to Louisville or wherever the convention is 
and we meet and uh, we have meetings there. So we have like strategic planning meetings where we decide what we're going to do as a whole for the next few years. And then we have our in-between meetings for things such as convention and advocacy efforts in Frankfurt and that sort of thing. So we're meeting pretty often, just not always in person. Um, my role in particular, I mean, we thank secretary, obviously taking the minutes of the meetings, I do that, but everybody pitches in really at every level to help make decisions and bring up concerns that we're hearing from members across the state and see what we can do to work on those issues. That is absolutely amazing. Um, and then I also saw that you spoke at the Kisha convention. Um, so I feel like that is a way to um, step up in some kind of advocacy role as well. Uh, what led you to get involved there? And what did that look like? Well, honestly, um, after I served on the ICANN committee, um, I realized that maybe I can take a leadership role. Maybe I can handle that after I can and the secretary position came open. So I thought, why not speak on something that I'm passionate about? So another SLP and I, Desiree, actually from SLP Talk, uh, she and I presented over social media and how speech therapists can use it to you know, look for new ideas or better their speech therapy or connect with other speech therapists or how to advocate for themselves and their profession um, using online means. So I just ended up presenting on that too. And that was a great experience. If you haven't presented, I would definitely recommend to anybody listening, take that step and do it at least once. And how it did that opportunity become come up because you were like the secretary of Kisha or because you were involved in that advocacy network? Um, or like how I just applied to present, but I really don't think I would have applied had I not already sort of stepped out of my comfort zone because I'm, I mean, I'll be the first to say I'm a little socially awkward. I'm not one to get up in front of a large crowd of people and speak. But once I started getting involved in the profession at the state level, you know, it's just one of those things where why not? Like I sort of got braver and decided to present too. Um, but it wasn't necessarily because I was secretary, but I feel like I got the confidence after serving in that role. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and it's super interesting because I've talked to you about, like I kind of, we've been talking for a long time as you were kind of stepping into these roles. And it sounds like it's not something that you thought, like that you kind of had, you didn't have a goal necessarily to like become secretary or do this speaking or be in the advocacy network. Um, so it's really cool to see that you kind of just stepped into these components. Or did I interpret that incorrectly? No, you're completely right. I'd never in a million years, if you'd asked me this five years ago, if I would have been serving at a state level or presenting in front of 20 people, much less, you know, 100 plus people, what I thought I would be in this position. But, you know, things change and I feel like I was pushed into new things in a good way things that I wouldn't have necessarily tried left to my own devices, but just given that push, um, it's opened up a lot of really good opportunities for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and then you've also been talking about Kish's ICANN Advocacy Network. What is that? So ICANN is, um, obviously stands for Kentucky Advocacy Network, 
and it's a fairly new initiative that was brought forth by our now current president at the time that she was president-elect. Um, but she wanted to see members get involved at a larger level than what they already are and to show them that you know, they have the opportunity to make changes, big or small, on their own because I know a lot of members don't think they have a say or they don't feel like their voices are heard. But she wanted to bring this initiative together to teach leadership, leadership skills to speech therapists across Kentucky and show them that, hey, you can make a difference and we're gonna show you what steps you can take to make changes. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and then how did you learn about that? Um, this was just something that was advertised prior to convention, and they reached out through email to all the members and just said, hey, if you're someone who wants to develop your leadership skills and make a difference, then we have an opportunity for you. And, they, you know, they offered some CEUs with it, so that was appealing. Um, but we've had a pretty good turnout of people wanting to make a difference and feel like, you know, feel empowered. That's one of our biggest things is we want you to feel empowered and to know that you can make changes, big or small. Um, and I just joined through that email and said, hey, why not give it a shot? And then I learned a lot during my time there. Yeah, and that's amazing. And I bet you met some really amazing SLPs along the way too. Yes. Um, we all were given each other's contact information and a lot of us still stay in contact. And as a matter of fact, um, more than one of us are now on the uh, Kisha committee, so or the executive council. So I feel like it sort of opened people's eyes to, hey, you know, maybe I can even join the executive council one day and make a difference that way. So I think it pushed a lot of people's boundaries into places they didn't think they could end up before. That's amazing. That's so cool to hear that. Um, and then just looking back, what did you learn from these experiences? Like what are your biggest takeaways or aha moments or like wins? Um, I think before I was in involved in any of this, I just felt like, you know, I'm one speech therapist. I work out in the middle of nowhere. I don't have anybody that I can bounce ideas off of because, I mean, we're a small district. There's one like I said, like 1.6 of us in our district. Um, I don't have another full-time SLP even to bounce ideas off of. How can I make a difference or advocate for myself if I don't work in a district with 50 or 100 other speech therapists? And so going through I can and becoming a part of the council has shown me that people are making differences every day, even if they're just one person out in the middle of nowhere. So it just showed me that where there's a will, there's a way, and it taught me the road to take to make the changes that I wanted to see. That is so cool. And then have you taken any change or have you made any changes or can you tell us about any of the changes that you made um, from that experience? Like how has it impacted you in the school or with your caseload or anything like that? I will say that it's inspired me to know more about Kentucky law, which doesn't sound very fun, but that's where, you know, speech therapist decisions are made on caseloads and um, all of that kind of stuff. So how many CEUs you have to have a year, um, that's all 
you know, statewide decisions. So I think the first thing it taught me was learn what's required through the state, because when you know what's required and what's not required, that gives you some leverage on things you can advocate for. So for example, if you're a speech therapist and you know, a school is trying to push you over the caseload cap size. And thankfully that's never happened to me, but I know places where it has just knowing what those laws are, you know, that that's leverage and that is something to help you advocate for yourself. So I think just learning what you can about your profession, learning what you can about state laws and legislator. Um, I've, I've read through the entire speech therapy section on the KRS Kentucky regulations, um, just to know what I can and cannot be expected to do in my position. Um, it's, it's helped me advocate, you know, to my director, certain things too, what, what's feasible and what's not. Um, it's just given me a confidence and background knowledge that I didn't have before. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and Let's talk a little bit about how, like, if SLPs are listening that are like, ooh, I want to get involved in this, <laughs> what tips do you have for speech therapists looking to get involved? Because there's three levels we can get involved in, right? Yes, and that was one of the biggest focuses of ICANN was we developed an action plan. And we had to develop an action plan for the local level, the state level, and the national level. And when we're talking about the local level, that's where you're talking about your district, mostly. So if something's going on in your district that you're not sure is acceptable, or like I said, with the caseload caps or any of that, um, that's the changes you can make within your school. So for example, like one of my action plan items was to um, celebrate Better Hearing and Speech Month throughout the entire school. Because I've always put up like a little thing on my door, you know, what's an SLP? What do we do? But we kind of made it an event. So we put up stuff in the break room and like I made a little freebie on Teachers Pay Teachers. But it talks about what speech therapists do, what our roles are, and, and like it even has a place where teachers can ask questions. You know, like if you're, if they're not sure about something, ask a question. Um, one time I even sent out like little quizzes about what SLPs can do and teachers could answer it and you can always give out candy or something for the winter. But just making changes locally with your teachers, with your administration and that kind of thing. Um, then the state level was what most of us start thinking of. Um, as far as state laws and your state association. So for example, you can email your legislators um, and you can look up who your legislators are online. There's a really easy tool, you just type in your zip code and it tells you who you need to email about issues that are important to you. And uh, for example, Kentucky is looking for a salary stipend for a speech therapist. It's been in the regulations for years, but it's not been funded for years. So we don't see that $2,000. And that is something that you can just email your legislators and keep that on the forefront of their minds to where when it comes time to vote on things, they're thinking, oh, yeah, speech therapists in Kentucky really want that stipend. Let's find a way to make it happen. And then nationally is more of when you think of ASHA, like they work with all the state associations. And so the things that they're doing to advocate for us 
for example, they also have email templates on their site to where you can just write a letter and you don't have to come up with all the ideas on your own. You just fill in the blanks and they'll send it for you basically. So there's lots of ways to get involved just depending on what you want changed and how involved you're willing to be. Yeah, and I love that breakdown because I feel like that helped, that made it a lot easier for me to start thinking about, okay, so what can I do at the local, state, or national level? Uh, and I love what you said about like knowing the um, knowing the laws and like the guidelines and all of that, so that you do have like a leg to stand on when you are advocating for change. Um, and if you have that information to bring with you, I think that makes a much more convincing argument. And um, if you can present it in like a well-researched way, I think that has a huge impact. So that was awesome. And then um, I loved your ideas for Better Hearing and Speech Month. Um, I love the poster that you made. Um, I actually wrote a blog post last year. Um, I'll link it in the show notes, but I'll put your poster um, in the show notes as well. But there's lots of little, like simple, easy things that we can do um, to kind of educate our teachers because if they know what we do, then um, we'll be like showing up more effectively in our schools. And I think that has a nice trickle effect uh, throughout the community as well. Right. And I Um, think that sometimes even I've talked about doing a PD day with other speech therapists at my school, because even if teachers know, okay, you do speech, you do language, I get that. They may not understand the process of how a student gets referred or why a student they think should qualify doesn't qualify. So even doing a professional development within your school over a topic that teachers are unfamiliar with, even something as simple as special ed process and the referrals and evaluations, you know, for speech and language, something like that. It doesn't even have to be a month long activity, just little things to bring awareness within your school. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, like at my school, uh, this is a little, a couple years ago now, um, but I did like a presentation about the referral process and that it wasn't even a long thing. I just asked for a couple of minutes at the staff meeting, um, but I think that was really helpful. Um, and then I've heard of other SLPs doing presentations on different strategies. So if you hear a lot of teachers complaining about behavior, like we have a lot of training in behavior as speech language pathologists um, and like maybe partnering with a special education teacher um, if she's really great or he or she is really amazing with behavior strategies too or sharing because we have such a wide range of skills that can be really helpful for teachers, especially when it comes to like scaffolding and supports and all of that. Um, so there's so many things that we can do just within our schools, and they don't have to take a huge amount of time. Um, so I love those ideas. Right. And then um, jumping back to the state level, um, I love the idea of contacting a legislator. And if there's an issue that, um, a, a, like if you are in a larger district and there are a number of SLPs who are um, wanting that like who have that same concern, if you guys can work together and come up with like a letter and then you can all send it. So you 
I think it has power, more power if it comes from multiple people. Um, so that's a cool way. Um, and maybe the state has templates ready for us and just emailing them. Yeah, and definitely check with your state associations. And I know I'm biased because I'm a part of our association. But if yours is anything like ours, we work constantly throughout the year with legislators to, you know, on these things that are important to us. And I don't think speech therapists always realize what the state is doing for them, their association, and what their dues are going towards. But, like, for example, our website, um, we're working on our own templates. So we will have state-specific issues, for example, the salary stipend, um, the interstate compact, and there's an audiology bill also trying to go through, but we've got things set up for that where you just fill it out and it goes straight to your legislator. And we're trying to make it as simple as possible for our members, because like you said, there is power in numbers. So imagine if these legislators are getting one email versus hundreds of emails they're going to notice it if everybody joins together. And that's that's part of the reason that we even have these associations. Yeah. And I think if you – one quick thing that we could do if we're like, I have no idea what my st- state association is doing, could email them and ask like, hey, what are you guys working on? Or um, is there any – and maybe if you want to take a small action step, you can email them and ask them, like, is there any – I don't have time to – join to serve on a committee or whatnot, but is there anything I can do to contribute? And I bet they would have lots of different options to share. Absolutely. I know we're always looking for people who, even if they can't join, I can, or they can't, you know, serve, like you said, on a committee. We need people just to do little, little steps. And so if if you just ask, or you can even look on The website and a lot of times, you know, minutes from the meetings are posted or they may even have current events that we're working on or current issues we're targeting. Um, Don't be afraid to reach out because your association wants your help. So anything that you can do to reach out to them is going to mean a lot to them. It's going to mean a lot when it comes time to advocate, you know, at the Capitol. (laughs) Yeah. And I think even just joining the state association, um, that doesn't, that only takes a couple minutes. It does cost some money, but it does support their ability to um, kind of make more progress. Because I assume that the majority of positions are volunteer-based. Yes. Um, pretty much uh, everything is volunteer-based. Um, and I know that when before I joined, well, I've always been a member of Kisha because in college, it was really stressed to us the importance of it. And But before I became a member of the executive council, I just thought of Kisha as that's where you go to convention and (laughs) get your CEUs for the year. Um, But then once I joined, I was like, oh, there is so much more going on than just the CEUs. But that's why people join for the most part is they want to go to convention and get their, you know, CEUs. But if you think about it on the other hand and just think, okay, well, my dues are also going towards you know, getting that salary stipend or getting a caseload cap or whatever it is your state's working on, then it makes it even more worthwhile. Yeah. I think that's an awesome idea. Uh, and then any other ideas for the state level? Um, I just I just think you, again, me being biased, but just volunteer. 
and just reach out and just see what the state needs from you. Because there's, there's always something, um, even if it's as simple as serving on a committee or writing a letter, anything just makes a difference. Just showing up, I mean, I know that we have um, one day a year where they everybody goes to the Capitol, and just showing up. I mean, even if you do nothing but show up, that just shows power in numbers whenever you're there to support your profession at the Capitol, um, if you're able to do something like that. Or write a letter for your association's um, newsletter. I would assume most have a newsletter. I know we have one. Uh, write a letter about something great that your district is doing or write an article about a struggle you're seeing and how you overcame it. Just anything to help others. It doesn't have to be, just because it's state level doesn't necessarily mean it has to be, you know, with the legislator. You can reach SLPs across the state just by writing an article and submitting it to a newsletter. Yeah, I love that idea. So many good things. Um, and then for the national level, I love how you mentioned um, ASHA's Take Action site. Um, I actually just learned about that um, a couple of weeks ago from Michelle Dawson. Um, and I went on there and it literally took me like two minutes and I was able to shoot off um, a couple letters to legislators. It was incredibly simple. Um, and I think that's a great way to um, kind of let your voice be heard and take action without having it take all of your time. Um, and then I think it's because you might not, I know it's kind of, we have so many different things going on and it's hard to keep track, um, but Asha also has that Facebook group, which I think is um, a good way. Like if you can just turn on the notifications for that, you can get um, different updates on what they're working on as well. Absolutely. I know that's a common theme that I've seen is, you know, we pay our dues every year, but then we say, well, what are my dues going towards? I'm not sure where my money's going. And I think that a lot of it is going into advocacy efforts that often go unnoticed. They're kind of behind the scenes. So just by joining, I think it's on Facebook, it's just called ASHA Advocacy. Just like that page and see the things that they're working on and the differences that they're trying to make. And I know they work very closely with state associations and they have, I mean, I believe monthly meetings even, and they talk about things that each state is going through and they assist in, you know, um, helping states advocate for themselves as well. But definitely just go click on that tab, the Take Action tab on ASHA and just look through there and find something that's important to you and send off a letter and just see how easy it is. And I mean, you're making a difference just by sending off that letter. Yeah, and then a couple other things that I was thinking about as we were talking, um, just opening Ash's emails <laughs> can be very helpful. Yeah. Like they'll share, because um, I know our inboxes definitely get uh, a little bit crowded, um, but they've shared, like they'll share different um, like surveys, which I think, I assume they use that data to advocate for us. So filling those out. Um, they have virtual town halls once in a while. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of little things that we can do um, to kind of educate ourselves or to help ASHA like, collect the data that they need to continue moving forward. And just don't be afraid to ask, like what we were saying, just 
if you think there's an issue that maybe they're not addressing, just email and say, hey, this is a real problem. Are you guys looking into this? And you may be surprised. They may have been working on it for, you know, six months or a year. I know that sometimes we wish things could change faster, but I know we joke about it. It literally takes an act of Congress to get some of these things changed. And so we don't often see these changes as quickly as we would like. So maybe just ask and say, hey, is this something that you've considered or that you're already working on? And you may be surprised to find that it's it's been on their agenda for a while, but you know, waiting on Congress to make those decisions sometimes holds people up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another idea too is to read the ASHA leader. Um, they have, sometimes they have, uh, or they often have, or always have good articles. Yeah. Um, and some of those are related to advocacy and just keeping ourselves informed and how to navigate different issues and all of that. Um, so that could be another yeah. great option. And don't be afraid to submit. Again, if you're if you're doing something awesome and you're proud of something your district has done and you guys have, have had really great success with something, send that in because that's advocating for yourself and it's also helping other speech therapists work through issues they may be having. So just don't be afraid to take that step and you know submit your own. If, if you're doing something great, let everybody know about it. Yeah. And I'll be sharing the links um, in the show notes again to like where you can email ASHA, where you can submit to the leader, where you can like ASHA's advocacy group or Facebook page, uh, the take action site, all of that good stuff. Um, and then I, I won't be able to compile all of the state association links, but um, your state association <laughs> should have a website. Um, and if you can't find some of the different resources we mentioned. Um, I'm sure there's an email there that you can contact for more of that information. Yes. Um, okay, and I really, awesome. I don't want to overwhelm anybody. I, I know that it sounds like I'm saying, write these letters and contact these congressmen, but really small steps. You know, even if you're doing something small scale, just advocating for yourself and yourself alone or for your students, so, you know, maybe you're advocating for some AAC devices or something like that. That's advocation too. And I don't want to minimize that. Like I want everybody to know that's also very, very important work. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's helpful to brainstorm some of the different things that we could be doing. And I completely agree that we don't have to be doing all of these things, um, especially when we're juggling like a giant caseload and personal life family, all of that. Um, yes. But I think it's, if you're frustrated with something, I think that ends up taking a lot of your time and energy because you, I don't know about you, but I feel like that's the case with me. If I'm frustrated about something, I kind of stew about it. I spend a lot of time thinking about it. And, but I, if I don't do anything, then it's just, it's just kind of a waste. But if I can send off a quick email or be involved in a small or a big way, I feel like that um, gives me a lot of like energy and enthusiasm so that I can show up better like in all areas of my life and then also um, hopefully eventually see things changing as well. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. It's sort of when you realize, you know, you're down, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do about this problem. And 
my boss doesn't understand and nobody's listening to me. If you just take the time to just think about, okay, what steps can I take to make a change? You know, you feel better. You feel more confident. And especially when you see the change happen, even a little change, you're like, okay, wow. So I can do this. Like if I have a problem, I can work my way through it and I can solve it and come out better for it. And it's just learning those leadership skills and how to approach things. And it's scary. I mean, because you, I know that I don't want anybody to think I'm complaining. And that is my biggest fear is that if I advocate for myself, somebody somewhere is going to say, well, Kayla's complaining that she has so many students or Kayla's complaining that she doesn't have this. And I think you have to shift your mindset and know that advocating is not complaining and it's all about how you present the information just go in with some knowledge with you know if there's laws involved know what you're talking about when you go in and just and standing up for yourself and don't think that you're complaining if you're trying to make a difference for yourself and your students yeah and a lot of the things that we quote unquote complain about are I think we complain about them because not because, oh, my job is so hard. It's because we're trying so hard to serve these students and like large caseloads or all of those or low salary. So we have to like go work somewhere else to make ends meet. Like Mm -hmm. I think we get most frustrated about the things that make it hard for us to really serve our students. Um, So if you frame it, in that way, Um, because I think, I really think that's how most of us are thinking. Like we just want, we're in this profession because we want to serve our students and that's what we're here for. Um, So we're not advocating, like I'm not advocating for like, I don't know, fancy vacations on the beach. I'm advocating for my, like to be able to see my students make progress. So like, and to be able to show up for them in a way um, that, makes a difference. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest things when, you know, states don't have caseload caps. You're not complaining that you have too many students. You're worried that you're not going to be able to serve your students to the fullest because you've got so many of them and so many demands placed on you. So when you shift your mindset into, I'm not complaining about me and my job. I am trying to be better at my job and serve my students better. Then I think that that it flips the switch, you know, for administration and even within yourself because you realize I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to do my job the best I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it all comes down to what is best for our students. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think if we can, if we have that, um, whether we're talking to a principal or a trying to get AAC funding at the district level or whether we're talking to legislators or whatever it may be, I think coming with that point of view and uh, the data to back that up, I think that's incredibly powerful. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to advocate. It's not as hard as you think, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, so I meant to ask about this earlier, um, but you mentioned committees a couple times. So are there, because you're in like a year-long position, but are there committees in, 
and I guess you can only speak to Kisha, but are there committees that are shorter term? Like if you're working on the convention or something, is it something that's not quite as long? Do they have shorter term projects? Um, there are some positions um, council-wise that are two years and then some that are one year. And then we've also formed some like ad hoc type committees to where it's just for the length of the event or something. Um, I believe convention, like we have convention co-chairs, but that's like another year-long position. But there's always volunteer type committee positions. So even if it is helping to plan, I know that we have um, different events throughout the year, like Trial Alliance Day, where PTs and OTs and SLPs go advocate at the Capitol together. So even if it's something like that where your maybe job is to find families who want to join in and go to this to speak on behalf of PTs, OTs, and SLPs. There's always little positions here and there that we need to fill. And I know it's, it is hard because not everybody has a lot of time. And even, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to have the time for the position that I have. But I think that if you've got a lot going on, just something little like that. We're always looking for volunteers for smaller committees. And I don't have, you know, an exhaustive list, but I know that's one example of like any event your state puts on, they may need people to show up and help run the event. That's just like a, you know, maybe two month commitment to get things ready for that. Yeah, I like that. And then I'm curious, uh, what is next for you? Like, are you using this, like this framework to set goals for yourself? Or do you have any ideas on um, like what action steps you want to take in the future or which issues are kind of at the top of the list for you? Um, I do know that I would love to continue serving as a council member just because I really enjoy knowing what we are working towards and learning what we have capabilities to change. So that is something that I would like to continue is to serve on the executive council. Um, I would be open to other positions. I'm not sure if presidency is in my future, but there's other areas that I think I would like to serve in as well. Um, and then also we have these events where we go to the Capitol and I live so far away that I've never got to go to one. But that is something that is on my to-do list is to actually go to Frankfurt and attend one of these advocacy days because, you know, everybody, it seems like on the committee lives within an hour and I'm four and a half hours away. So I have, it's a trip for me to go up there, but that's something that's important to me. And if it means I have to take a day off of work to go advocate for myself, then that's something I would like to do in the future that I haven't got to do yet. But just be more involved. Like I said, I've, I can showed me some of the things that I can do and have already done. Um, I write letters to my legislators. I I want that $2,000 stipend to be funded. And so I make sure that since I want that to be funded, that I'm the one writing a letter into them because I don't, you know, you hate to be the person who says, well, I want the money, but I'm going to let everybody else write the letters and I'm not going to mess with it. Like I want to be in the action at this point. And it showed me what I what I can do and what I need to do. So I've taken some steps. There's some that I want to continue to further myself with. but um, And even presenting again, that's something that I've already been talking about next year, maybe trying to present again at Kisha. And just small steps, 
you know, reaching out to other SLPs, reaching out across the state, reaching out to legislators, reaching out within my school building, and just um, making making it known what we do, what we can do, and what changes we want to make. Yeah, that's so helpful. And I think it's overwhelming to, like, if we're thinking about, like, I want to, I think, like, I don't think I'm serving my students to the best of my ability because of my large caseload. Um, it's That's really overwhelming to think about, like, how in the world am I going to break that down and make progress towards that goal? Um, but I really appreciate all of the ideas that you shared um, to, like, help us start navigating that, whether we are um, just, like, if we're not confident or ready to reach out to our principal about that issue um, or to our, like, district leaders, um, we could contact the state association and see if they have anything to offer or um, look at maybe the ASHA leader has articles about that or um, yeah. So I think there's so many different, like I feel like you shared so many ideas and we definitely didn't cover all of the potential options, but I think it's a really helpful starting place so that if we are struggling with an issue, we can be problem solvers and kind of look at our different resources at the local, state, and national level to figure out how we can start navigating that and um, being the change that we want to see. Exactly. Just take it one step at a time. Don't think you have to change everything or that you have to change anything quickly. Just, you know, figure out your steps and just take that first step because taking that first step will probably empower you more than what you realize. Just you know, stick your toe in the water and see what you can get done because you can make a change. That is amazing. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all of these tips uh, with us and just your experience too. I think that's really inspiring because um, you, like, like you said, because you're you're one of us. <laughs> you weren't like born the secretary of Kisha. Um, you kind of just took a brave leap and stepped into that role. And I think it's something that any of us can do if we want to. It's just a matter of uh, taking that step. So with that, do you have any, like, is there anything that we missed or any uh, last tips or suggestions that you wanted to share? No, I think that about covers it. I just really, I want you guys to know that if I can do it, and me being socially awkward and an introvert and everything else, if I can make these changes and I can step out of my comfort zone to advocate for myself and my students, then I truly believe in every single one of you and that you can do it too. Yeah, and it's I've seen SLPs make some really amazing changes. Um, like in one of my districts, the SLP was like absolutely amazing, such a strong advocate for us and our team. Um, and she like was largely responsible for a significant salary increase and changes um, in kind of our contract that made a huge impact. And that'll make that'll continue to make a huge impact over like I, I don't know. She impacted so many SLPs because of oh. all the future years that that will stay in place. So That's it's really amazing. exciting to think about what can happen. Like the snowball effect of all of these little actions because she started out small too. She was just taking one little step at a time. 
Um, and she just kind of continued climbing up that ladder to the point where she actually had significant impact on all of those types of things. So um, we've got this. We can totally do this. Just start with one small step kind of in that direction. And um, it's really cool to see where that can go. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your time, Kayla. I so appreciate you. And um, yeah, best of luck with all the other advocacy that you have planned. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the SLP Now podcast. This podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through Speech Therapy PD. So yes, you can earn ASHA CEUs for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your SLP friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes sent directly to you. See you next time. Thank you.